Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. If you will turn with me to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17, I want us to see this. I'm going to do something new for me. God is directing me to do kind of like a, a series. And we're going to begin tonight, and it's going, I'm going to lay some groundwork first. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. I want you to see it with your eyes. It says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. But he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. That is written in the Word of God. If you were born again, you have Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus in you, and you and his spirit are one spirit. One spirit. They work together. All right. Now, turn with me to 1 Peter 2, verse 21. For even hereunto were you called. Let's go back up a verse. For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. But even hereunto were you called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. So who is our example? Our example is Jesus Christ. Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. That's why he ministered three and a half years before he went to the cross. Because he became an example for us. He showed us exactly how to walk before he went to the cross before he was dead, buried, and resurrected. He showed us exactly how to walk. And one more verse, 1 John chapter 5, verse 2 and 3. But this we know, that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God. This is the love of God. That you keep, we keep his commandments. This is the love of God. How many times have people said, oh, how I love God with all my heart. I used to hear that in the Methodist church and I used to cringe because I knew I didn't. But what's it say? This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Do you love God? Then you'll keep his commandments. Now that I've laid that groundwork, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. We are going to look in the next couple of sessions that I, I speak, we're going to look how Jesus obeyed 1 Corinthians 13, how he walked in it, Amen. how he walked in 1 Corinthians 13. But I'm going to begin today because of the, as many verses, I'm going to begin with verse 4 because it's really kind of interesting. Charity suffereth long. And is kind. Charity suffereth long. So we're going to take a look at how Jesus walked in the love of God by obeying his commandments and how charity suffereth long. Love suffereth long. If you look it up in, in Strong's, it says something like, puts up with a lot. Puts up with a lot. If, you know, I have to laugh. Every time I think of that, I think of the first seven years I lived with Doyle. Put up with a lot. He put up with a lot. All right. Now, let's go to Matthew 
we're going to take a look at how Jesus walked in the love of God in 1 Corinthians 13. And we're going to look how Jesus walked with Peter. How Jesus walked with Peter. i got one question before I start. It's coming up. Philip, are you 33 years old? Would you stand up? I want people to get this in their hearts. This is how old Jesus was when he walked on the earth. This is how old Jesus was when he went to the cross. Do you see that? Stick that in your head. Now, Jesus at 33 is dealing with Peter. Let's, um, we all know how Jesus met Peter. He went to the water. He was ministering to people. And he, uh, he told Peter, he said, take that, take that net and put it on the right side of your ship. You're going to find some fish. Peter did what he was told. He, he said, but we've told all night. But I'll do it anyway, Jesus. I'll do what you tell me. So he does what Jesus tells him. He pulls up a ton of fish, a ton of fish. What is the first thing that Peter does when he pulls up a ton of fish? He goes straight to Jesus. He gets on his knees before him, and he says, get away from me. He says, get away from me. He said, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Get out of here. I'm in the, you know, you're making me feel guilty here. Get away from me. That's what Jesus went and picked up. You know what? That's the humility of Peter. That's the humility of Peter. Jesus, I'm a sinful man. Now, let's take a look at Matthew 14, 31. I'm going to begin in verse 22. It says, In straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, Jesus was there alone. But the ship that he had sent away was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, that's about 3 a.m., in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Walking. Now, the, the thing that gets me here, the winds are contrary. Lots of waves. So Jesus is walking in the middle of all these waves. It says, and walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it's a spirit. And they cried out with fear. Now, see, I'd have done the opposite. I wouldn't have said a thing just hoping it went by. But they cried out with fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Now, look what Peter does. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, if that's you, bid me come unto thee on the water. Bid me to come out to you. And Jesus said, Come, come. And when Peter was down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Notice, he walked on the water. Peter did walk on the water. Walked on the water. Can't wait. I used to tell my children, oh, you think you got it, huh? Let's do the bathtub test. I'll fill up the bathtub. You walk on the water. If you can walk on the water, I'll believe you. Nobody ever passed the bathtub test. All right. He said, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And he beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. When he saw the storm, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, look at this. Jesus, long-suffering in love, puts up with a lot. Long-suffering. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him, and said unto him, look at this. O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? He's dealing with Peter. 
Oh, thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? Isn't that nice to hear? Isn't that nice to hear Jesus is dealing with Peter this way? Do you know how many times in the last seven years I've heard, get out of doubt. Put away your doubt. Quit start believing. Quit being in unbelief. He did it to, G he did it to Peter. Jesus did it to Peter. Oh, we get upset. I don't want to go to water of life because we're just going to hear how much sin we're in and how much doubt we have. Well, look at this. Jesus dealing with Peter. Oh, thou little, oh, thou, thou little faith. Little faith. Now, let's go to Matthew 16. This is Jesus walking in love. We're looking how Jesus walked in love. All right, um, 16, verse 21. And from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go up into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. He's telling the disciples the gospel. And then Peter took him. Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, um, saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. You're not going there. Peter says, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. You're not going there. And look what Jesus says to him. But he turned and he said unto Peter, said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Did he just call Peter Satan? Did he just call Peter Satan? No. He's speaking to the devil, but he's looking right at Peter. He's looking right at Peter. And do we get offended when we hear, that's the devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. Peter, he's telling Peter, thou art an offense unto me. He said, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men, that those that be of men. How many times have I heard Doyle say, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. You may not believe it, but I know what I'm doing. I tease him. I say, with Smith Wigglesworth used to say, I know my business. I said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to introduce Mr. I know my business to uh, Mr. I know I'm, what I'm doing because I hear it. I hear it. All right, let's go on. Um, let's see. But he, uh, let's go down to chapter 17, verse 1. And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth up unto a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his remnant as white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Isn't that cool? In that cold, Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross, and God sends Moses and Elias to talk to him, to talk to him. This is what's going down, folks. Moses and Elias comes and talks to him. And then, behold, there appears Moses and Elias talking to him. Then answered Peter, answered Peter. We got Jesus transfigured. We got Moses and Elias standing there. And here comes Peter, answered Peter, said unto Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elias. And when he thus spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice came out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved son 
in whom I am well pleased. Hear you him. That was God, a nice way of God saying, shut up. Hear you him. And then when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, arise, be not afraid. Turn with me to chapter 26. I'm going to begin in verse 31. And Jesus said unto him, this is him in the garden, in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, Jesus said unto them, all you shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I'm risen again, I will go unto you in Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. And what does Jesus say unto him? Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Three times, Peter, you're going to deny me. And Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet I will not deny thee. And likewise also said all the disciples. If you go back down and you look at verse 75, Peter denied Jesus three times. Denied him. Denied Jesus three times. And it says in verse 75, And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and he wept bitterly. You know, it is comforting to know that somebody that God spends, that Jesus spent so much time with, loved him, directed him, corrected him, denied him three times, and Jesus didn't let him go. Do you see that? Jesus didn't let him go. He didn't let him go. Now, let's go back to verse 41 of that same chapter. Verse 41. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time, praying, O my father, if this cup pass not away from me, uh, except I drink it, thy will be done. If you will go back up. I'm sorry, verse 40. This is where I want to go. And he cometh unto the disciples, and he find them asleep. And notice this. He doesn't say this to the disciples. He says this to Peter. He says this to Peter. He picks Peter out of the disciples and he says, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? He is on Peter's case. The other disciples are there sleeping too. But who does Jesus go to? He goes to Peter. Peter, Peter, couldn't you watch one hour? He is riding Peter. He's riding Peter. He loves Peter. He loves Peter. He walked in love with Peter. Why? He's correcting Peter. He is correcting Peter. And we're going to find out in a little bit why. Turn with me to John 18. This is in, back in the garden, chapter 18 in John, verse 7. Then asked he them again, whom seek you? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said, I told you, I'm he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. That the saying might be fulfilled which he spoke. Of them which thou gavest me, have I lost none. I want you to take a look at that just as a sidebar. Them that you gave me, I lost none. Those the Father gave Jesus, Jesus 
didn't lose them. He's not going to lose you. He's not going to lose you. He doesn't lose who the Father gives him. All right, let's go on. That the saying might be fulfilled of which he spoke, of them which thou gavest me, I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it, smote the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchif. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword under the sheath. The cup which my father has given me, shall I not drink it? Stop, Peter, I got a job to do. Put your sword up, I have a job to do. He would not let Peter fight for him. Why? Because he had a job to do. He had to go to the cross. He had to go to the cross. This is how Jesus handled Peter. Isn't that comforting? Isn't that comforting how he rode Peter, he made sure that Peter was corrected. He made sure that he had Peter sanctified. He made sure that Peter was ready for the job that God had for him. It seems like when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he picks on nobody but Peter. He was hard on Peter. How many times have I heard it? How many times have we heard it? You're too hard on us. No, you're too hard on us. Pet us. Pet us like the little kitties we have. Pet us. Tell us how sweet we are. Tell us how sweet. Tell us how nice we are as we go over the cliff. As we go over the cliff. Do you see how Jesus loved Peter and rode him? Rode him. Now, let's see why. Go to Acts 15, verse 7. And there had been much disputing. This is when they all came together about whether the, uh, the Gentiles needed to follow the law. And when they had all been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, men and brethren, you know how a good while ago God made choice among us. Do you see that? God made choice among us. God made choice among us. I want to say something to peop- the people that put down Peter all the time. Look who chose him. Look who chose him. Peter said, men and brethren, you know how a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Do you see why God wrote him so hard? Do you see why God was strong on Peter? Joel just spoke a little while ago about how God deals with his leaders. Well, God dealt with Peter that way. God dealt with Doyle that way. And we want to complain because we have to hear about how, how unbelieving we are? We have a job to do. There's a job that Water of Life is going to do, and it's not just the 15 that stand up here. This congregation has a job to do. That's why God's so hard on us. That's why you think God is so hard on us. But look what happened to Peter. He took the gospel of the Gentiles. God chose him to speak the gospel to the Gentiles. Do you realize what an honor that is? Do you realize what an honor that is? Do you realize he had to endure Jesus' correction? And he did happily. One more verse, Galatians 2, verse 7. This is Paul speaking. Paul went up to the meeting. He said, but contrawise when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, Paul, as the gospel 
of the circumcision was committed unto Peter. Peter was committed the gospel to the circumcision. Do you see the honor in that? Do you see the honor in that? You know, it says at the, den- at the Last Supper, John had his head on Jesus' breast. It said a couple times how much Jesus loved John. But look who took the gospel to the Gentiles. Look who got to take the gospel to the Gentiles, the one that Jesus rode, the one that Jesus was hard on. You know, I live in the arena, and it is not an easy place to live. There's no messing around at the arena. Three o'clock in the morning, there's no messing around at the arena. Sometimes I thought, gosh, Doyle is so hard on me. Why is he so hard? Look what I'm doing. I get to preach the gospel. I get to preach the gospel. You complain about how hard it is on you. You need to rejoice that it's hard on you. You need to rejoice that it's hard on you. Why? Because God's putting Jesus in you. That's how much he loved Peter, by being hard on him. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.